Hi there, everybody. Ed asked me to chime in and let you know about me. My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing. Weirdish means people marching to the beat of a different drum, not fitting into that hole that society wants to shove you into. On my show, The Power of Weird, I'm talking to people like me. The weirder, the better. So when you're done listening to this great episode of the Dead America Podcast, come on over to thepowerofweird.com and start the descent into your weirdom. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. I'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. Add us. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. Yes, that's the intro to the Mindset Podcast, a weekly attempt to open eyes and shedding light on what's really going on in the world, all done by ripping apart the media madness that masquerades as news. Join me, Gareth Davis, every Sunday on the Mindset Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Or you can go directly to the main Mindset website. That's www.mindsetcentral.com. Check out the Mindset Podcast. Bring your curiosity, your opinions, and a sense of humor. And remember that some worldviews are stranger than others. Welcome to the Dead America Podcast. It's time to learn something new right now. Let's listen in with your host, Ed Waters, as he learns new things and meets new people. Today we have Carl DeLu with us. Carl is an author of Dyslexia Code, The Help Spring Code, The Universe Code. He also has a website, lightsurfers.me. Carl, would you please introduce yourself and let people know just a little bit more about you, please? Yes, hello Ed. Thank you for having me on your show. On your show, it's much appreciated. Um, I'm originally from Pretoria, South Africa, and I've been in uh, London and Dublin now for the last thirty years. I'm divorced. I've got three lovely kids, and uh, I used to be in the construction industry, uh, a quantity surveyor. It's it's in the financial side of of construction industry. And um, about 10 years ago, so and then I went into property. 10 years ago, I was caught up in the Celtic Tiger in Ireland, Southern Ireland. And in the U.S. subprime crash of August 2007, uh, the banks pulled the plug on a particular property in Dublin. And in the next three years, Irish property prices went down between 50 and 80 percent. Mine was 80 because it was a luxury area. And uh, suddenly a property that at a 2 million euro sale value, a net after everything, uh, three years later I sat with uh, owing the banks 2 million euro. And that caused 
a complete ripple effect. I lost all my properties, but it woke me up. And then I started, uh, I didn't know I was going to write three books at all. And um, it started off with um, my daughter taking out of school uh, for to a learning support teacher because she had dyslexia. And I started researching that and found it, uh, sort of a method to assist it. I had two events in Dublin, small events, and people asked for notes. So I wrote up notes that I sent them afterwards, and that was the start of my first book. Well, that's pretty interesting. You know, a lot of people, they don't write books and they don't get out and tell their story enough, especially about some of the subjects that you cover, Carl. But today I'm pretty interested in the dyslexia code, and I really do want to have you back to cover other topics because I find them fascinating. You wrote the Dyslexia Code. Could you tell us, first of all, the main reason you wrote that book? Yes. So, as I mentioned, my daughter was taken out of class. So, I went on Amazon and I found there was 2,500 books on dyslexia. So I started researching it, and I found a method called the Davis's method uh, that assisted. And basically, Ron Davis is dyslexic autistic. He discovered that there's 250 shapes that's uh, words, sorry, words in the English language that's got no shapes. So a horse has got a shape, but the word up has got no shape, and the word between, or left and right, and stuff like that. So very simply, um, my daughter, because when my daughter was taken out of class, I said to my then wife, we've got to get her back into class quickly because the kids are going to think she's stupid and, um, and it will affect her confidence and stuff. And I, in the, uh, so once a, a week, a weekend on a Saturday for one hour, we took my daughter to Sister Antoinette, which was this Davis facilitator in Dublin, and um, started building, my daughter started building clay shapes, she just started showing her. So in the word uh, up, for instance, you build the up from clay, and then you have an arrow. My daughter, say, decides to put an arrow going up, and then she takes a picture of that and puts it in the book. And of the 250 words, she was only on sort of word 30 or 40. And she miraculously improved. Now, I didn't, I'll explain a bit later now, um, uh, she, uh, why dyslexia is a gift. It didn't make my daughter have suddenly have all A's in all subjects, but it made her cope in the educational system. And that's all I think what should be done. But separate to this, the Tavis method have got a mind's eye method as well. So they somehow taught my daughter, Susanna Net, this little shape. She built the shape out of clay, I think it was, and then it's she this this um, she, she says to my daughter. So what she did to my daughter is she said, "Read this book." This is after about say four Saturdays, and she said, "Carl, can I have a look at this?" So my daughter reads a book. She was age nine at that point in time for that age group. And then when she gets to a word that she doesn't know, 
Sisan says, close your eyes, let the mind's eye look down on your brain, and then think what word it is. And miraculously, she started knowing these words. And then, as she carried on for a few Saturdays, uh, well, it was a total of three months of all of this, she just improved uh, hugely. So, that's what got me into it. And then, as I mentioned, I had these events, the notes, and now I've written uh, a few books on it. But I discovered something big in my research further to that. It's been 50 years since I started in school. But myself, I suffer from dyslexia. And at that time, they didn't know what dyslexia was or nobody told me what dyslexia was. And I suffered from this. And it really did make me suffer from this uh, social disorder. It made me withdraw. It made me feel retarded. You know, and a lot of people actually suffer from this disease or this gift, as you call it. Roughly about 15 to 20%, they say now, at the Mayo Clinic. How long did it take for you to discover that you had it and also your daughter, how long did it take you to recognize the symptoms with your daughter? So starting with my daughter, when she went to primary school, from day one, the teacher said she's got issues. And I knew then, I said to, to, to my daughter, she's just like myself, don't worry. That's all I said. I never said to my ex, I'm, I've got dyslexia. Uh, so I just... I, um, I was in the South African education system, just like yourself, 60s, uh, 70s, not diagnosed. And I just managed to cope. Um, and and then after, after the school in South Africa, you had to do two years in national service, which gave me like a break. And then I went to university and I just thrived. A lot of dyslexic people when they're a little bit older. But in my research, the big thing I found was, and, and that's sort of the uh, critical thing of my book. So my book's called The Dyslexia Code, but the subtitle is Why uh, Right Brain Children Should Be Left Alone. So um, Sally Saiveth in Yale University, she's late 70s, so but Yale Learning Center in New York, she's most probably left there, I'm not sure. She um, has got the best sort of studies on the brain and dyslexia. So they put the uh, dyslexic people down this fMRI tunnel, this x-ray tunnel, and they found that the dyslexic person mainly used the right side of the brain and a non-dyslexic, the left side of the brain. So what they then do and is for a year period, give a dyslexic person traditional methods of more reading and writing and spelling. Oh, just out of interest sake, on your question of how did I know, I always just knew I couldn't read, write, or spell properly. That's the definition of a, a dyslexic person. You, you know if you can't read, write, or spell compared to, to everyone else. In any case, so they put dyslexic people for a year onto reading because the dyslexic person already doesn't like reading, so, but now they've forced more words into dyslexic person, like hammering it in. But because the brain is so plastic, after the year they put them down the tunnel, whoppa, now they start using the left side of the brain. 
and they improve in the educational system because the left side of the brain is the sequential side and the right side of the brain is the uh, innovative, uh, more creative side. Now, in my book, I list all the current and past dyslexia people and the ones I list, none of them would have been diagnosed. It would have been like Richard Branston, the most famous person currently alive. And there's lots of current famous dyslexia people, Cher, many others. And then the past ones, you've got Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla, Henry Ford. You've got John F. Kennedy, three other presidents, Muhammad Ali, many, many, many. None of them would have been diagnosed. So what I'm saying is leave a dyslexic person the way is, but give him this David method, which is huge, to let the, let him cope because the clay shapes, uh, because that's creative, and his mind's eye will not make the dyslexic person left brain minded. It will keep the dyslexic person right brain minded because it's all about shapes, and that's the side. But let the person, like my daughter, cope in the education system. And that's what we need. And then I discovered that Caspe's business school in the UK found that dyslexics are four times likely to be more innovators than non-dyslexic person. And you can see it from the list I've just given you of just some of that people. So um, that, that I think it, I've always thought it's about 10%. But say the 10, 15, or whatever, 20% of society... The dyslexic associations, 99% of them are making dyslexic people sequential, left brain minded. And that is removing the real gift. It's like the creator made us right brain minded. It's, it's like saying to a, a gay person, you, you've got to become straight now. You know, it's leave us the way you are, but we need and don't make a sequential with these traditional methods, but use the Davis method. Yeah, I'll have to look into that Davis method a little more. That sounds interesting because I really think we need to look into more studies about how to help dyslexic people. Like you say, a lot of people are not diagnosed. I think they're recognizing the signs of dyslexia a little more nowadays, and they're catching it a little earlier. But to help people focus on the issues, we have to really start forming groups to discuss how to better the education system for dyslexic people. I noticed you started a group and you have a conference coming up. It's called the International Celebration of Dyslexia. Could you talk to a little bit about what that is and why you started that for us? Yes. Just before I forget, uh, one of the things you mentioned, one of my chapters in my book, um, I go through, so you've got the traditional methods, and I list like five traditional methods, but there's many more. Well, that one of the dyslexia associations gave me. But um, I couldn't find a book with all the complementary methods, the, the alternative methods. And so uh, uh, certainly at time of publication, so what I did is I then went out and researched all of them and I put them in the book. And I found that the Davis method was the best and that's why I gave my daughter to do, to do that method. 
So there are other complementary methods. Now the dyslexic associations say at that point and still say there's no proof that these complementary methods work. So I then asked them to give me the proof that their methods work and they couldn't give it to me. But they have, have actually, because they've got Sally Sayworth's uh, fMRI studies, but it's, it's the wrong way. So on the International Celebration of Lexi event, um, it's a one-day event on Saturday the 30th of October. It starts at 10 o'clock uh, London time, UK time. Uh, it's a Zoom event. Uh, it's only virtual. It's free. And if you go to uh, my website, lightsurfers.me, as you said, L-I-G-H-T-S-U-R-F-E-R-S dot M-E, click on International Celebrations Lexia and uh, get your ticket. And then we've got, um, and then there'll be question and answers at the end of the session. Um, we've got four, uh, four speakers. It's uh, Gibby Jasper. She's in the U.S. She's got a thing called Superheroes that she talks to, uh, about to kids. She's got like 15,000 kids on a download. And she's got these stories for dyslexic kids. And it's just the name dyslexic uh, hero is an affirmation. Saying to the dyslexic person, you, 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 you're a superhero, you know. Uh, and that's why the name gift of dyslexia is also so important. So she opens it. Then it's myself. Um, so this is a, uh, a by dyslexic people for dyslexic people. So Jivy is dyslexic. Now the next one for the Davis method, uh, Richard Davison, he's not dyslexic, but he's on behalf of the Davis's method. And Ron is very much dyslexic and autistic, and he'll explain more about the Davis's method uh, that I found out of all the complementary methods to be the best. And um, then um, the last is a lady uh, uh, in, so, so Richard is in, in, uh, in the UK. And then the last speaker is Sam Rapp. She's in the UK as well, in London. And she's got the three Ds. She's dyslexic, she's dyspraxic, so the balance issues. And then she's got dyscalculia, so the uh, maths issues. The 3Ds, but and then she's gonna let um, people do the poetry. She, uh, she's a, a dyslexic uh, poet, and then we'll have a break for lunch, and then it's questions and answer session in the afternoon. So the purpose of this is just to help people with dyslexia, and the information comes basically from people with dyslexia or associated with dyslexia in some way. And, and if I could just add, and then people that dyslexic um, kids or dyslexic people and their parents leave the event and say, thank God I'm dyslexic or my kid is dyslexic. Because it's not something that is uh, a learning disorder. It, it all depends how a parent sees it. If a parent sees the number of ticks, correct ticks, A's on an exam paper, then dyslexia, as it's termed currently, is a learning disorder. But if a parent sees dyslexia as someone that could be an Einstein, like Cass-based business school, you know, then it clearly cannot be a learning disorder. So 
and we need more innovators in this world. If we want to go to Mars and beyond and all different kind of things, someone sitting with that right brain power needs to be unleashed on the world. So that's what the event is about. Scientific Association, stop making us sequential. Just give us the Davis's method. It's very simple. And let let your kids understand that they've got a gift via affirmations. And and they will they will fly. They they will. It, it's not not all about A's on the exam paper. As a person with dyslexia, I know how difficult it can be to actually just read a paper. You know, you can get lost inside the paper, and then you lose track of everything. So I know I have difficulties still to this day sometimes, and I have to really concentrate hard. Sometimes I'll put stuff out and then later notice, oh, I messed up. There, There's a, you know, word wrong or I, yeah. There's a lot of this confusion associated with the yeah. brain when yeah. when we're reading or writing. We, we have a hard time sometimes uh, turning words around or... I've I've often used words thinking of other words, you know, and I don't catch it until later. So a lot of this is just you've got to really maintain your brain and concentrate on what you're doing very hard. That yes, that's so you, what I I find it hard to concentrate at times, but. If you do, you can do it. That's what I found out. You've really got to apply yourself. And a lot of the times I felt belittled because other people were getting it and I was struggling. That that can really affect the person. Yeah, so there's two just comments I want to make there before I forget. The... um, the first one is that you mentioned the word sort of confusion uh, and stuff like that. That is where the Davis method, this mind eye, is massive. Because in my universe code, so the Davis method doesn't mention this, but I discovered this in my research on the universe code, is that the pineal gland is right in the middle of the brain. And the it runs at 7.83 hertz. Now, believe it or not, there are scientists that's got a theory, and I believe this is correct, that we tune into the Earth's resonance, which is 7.83 hertz as well. Um, and if there's these plants in South America called Ahuanza, I can never pronounce the word, that people go on and they go into alternative parallel universes with snakes and all these things. And what I believe happens is that so uh, th- these products that they put in teas and stuff like that uh, make the pineal gland go on instead of 7.83 hertz, 7.89 hertz. And it's like a TV station. You, you tune in. We are tuning into the Earth's residence. But you can then go to a parallel universe and tune into another parallel universe. And they experience completely different things. Now, the reason for mentioning this is that 
what I think what happens with the David's method, this mind's eye method, where you look down on your brain, you're actually doing something with that 7.83 hertz that you're stabilizing it. So it's, it's an amazing, amazing method. You know, all the things that you've mentioned there, if kids can have the David's methods with the clay shapes, with the mind's eye, and just the support to, to, to see that it's a gift, just that affirmation, it will be, it will be uh, absolutely massive. Yeah, you know, you talked about it being a gift, and I recognize myself. I don't consider myself a genius, but when it comes to other things, mechanics, uh, creativity, anything beyond reading and writing, I can excel at. It's just I've got to want to do it. So I remember I was pretty bad with all of the reading, writing, arithmetic in school, but I could come home, tear a radio or a television apart, put it back together, and I fixed things. You know, people brought things to me to fix. That's the gift of dyslexia. You're using the right brain, creative, innovative side. But just imagine if you could have been given more encouragement, and it's not too late, right? you know, uh, to to understand that that's a true gift and then do something and have a method. So just, you know, and have a method to, to just think of all the kids, uh, to listeners now, the parents and they've got kids, that in a situation where you, you've got this Davis method giving your your son, your daughter, the tools to cope in the educational system, keep the right side brain uh, gift, and then with that encouragement, how what that child could do. Just imagine if you were given more encouragement earlier on to understand that you've got a gift, but it's not too late. So that that is what my whole thing is about. Just before I forget, I, one of my chapters, I go through a further seven gifts of dyslexia. One of them is struggling in the education, struggling in life. And th- that is uh, one of my gifts, certainly. Uh, my second brother, Mike, has recently said to me, one of my gifts is that I don't give up on things. And if I wasn't dyslexic, I most probably wouldn't have been so... You know, I, I've had to yeah. put my head down and, and graft. So that is a gift in its own right. You know, and you, especially with everything, if if you tackle certain things now, um, you know, the world's your oyster. Yes, that's that's what I'm finding out. You know, it took me until I turned 50 to really understand that, Carl. And now that I turned 50 and I'm a broken person in the physical realm, now I'm learning to use my mind. And I wish I would have recognize that earlier but i was just too busy fixing things in life for other people you know i was busy in my work and i i was able to fill that pleasure zone through being able to do the things that i did well and people recognizing that it took me away from that uh, disability zone of dyslexia where 
it can really hinder one's learning ability in other situations. Like you said, we need more encouragement. And when somebody is showing a certain skill set in an area, we need to focus on that. And we need to really let that person go and learn as much as possible at what they enjoy. And I think that really falls into line with what you're saying. Let let them be. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, the the written word's only been around about 5,000 years or so. Yes. So before that, there would have been no such thing as the dyslexic person. Most probably the dyslexic person would have, in those times, been the one that holistically could see far more things because, you know, there's no written word because the right side brain is the creative, innovative side. So in nature, it, it, the dyslexic person would have been far more the 3D vision kind of person. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity to unleash the 10 or the 20% of on society, but making dyslexic person sequential has to stop if we want to do that. And we have this incredible method. I've got no shares in the Davis's method. Um, and but it, 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 uh, it gives you the tools to, as I've mentioned, to cope. And then it's just how high you're going to fly. Yeah. Well, I think what you're doing, Carl, is pretty remarkable out there. And you've got a lot of eggs in the basket there. I, I don't know how you juggle it all, you know, but that's what dyslexia can do for a person when we recognize it. So how can people get a hold of you and get involved with what you're doing? Yes, um, it's on lightsurface.me and hopefully you'll put it under the show notes. Can I, in lightsurface.me, I've got 12 topics. Um, is it possible that I can just read them out and just say a sentence or two about each? You can do as you please. It's your show, Carl. Great. So the this, dyslexia is a gift is topic one. That was my book, Dyslexia Code. That took me six m months of research. Then the next topic is two is why minerals, natural, everything in health. And that is my book called The Health Spring Code with the subtitle of what the longevity nations know about living disease-free and we don't. And I studied the longevity nations, and you will not believe it, they don't eat meat, dairy, and eggs. And they all organic. So then the premier uh, researched the premier in China in the mid-70s, then 880 million people, um, with Cornell University and uh, in the States, Oxford University in UK, they surveyed 96% of the Chinese population at that time. What's the outcome of cancer? Meat, dairy, and eggs. So uh, I went vegan about 10 years ago, but I found that my mineral vitamin levels fell uh, uh, through blood, saliva, and urine tests. I, I tested it. And then the way I got it up is naturally. So a lot of vegans take supplements and I'm not at all into supplements. It's not nature's way. And 
The way I got it up is through seafood. So uh, fish, uh, seaweed, and things like that, and sea salt or Malayan salt. Table salt is a slow poison. So uh, in that book, I discuss pH. It's all about pH in the body. And it's, minerals is the most important thing. It's like a car engine. You need every single piston, every single mineral vitamin to fire. It's it's after six things. You know, uh, nutritionists always mention mineral, vitamins, water, carbs, uh, protein, and fat. Uh, protein is is a, is a myth. Uh, I, through a million acid tests, I all the proteins. Uh, I get a good uh, carbs. I have rice and potato and stuff like that. Mostly rice. Um, and on the fats, I, I the vegetable fats and omegas through avocado and things like that. And it's it's really mineral vitamins that's the, the key thing. But if we, I had to start discussing it now, how it works with pH in the body, we're going to be here for 20 minutes. So uh, I've got a podcast, a podcast on that on my website that explains everything. And um, then the next one uh, is Creator versus God. Um, that is a pretty big topic, so I won't go into the answer of that, but uh, please, any listeners, if you're interested in that, so what I'm saying saying is if you believe in the Big Bang and evolution, there can only be one creator uh, for all, and I go into the five main religions. So this is for my book, The Universe Code. It took... Um, Seven years of research. The 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 Houseman Code took me another six months, but the Universe Code took me seven years. And this is about this topic and the next three topics. I sort of picked picked four topics in total, and uh, I found out what God is. There is a difference between creator and God. So I'm not going to give the answer because it's all there. And then item four: Jesus in India. And I very quickly discovered that. Between the ages of 13 and 29, Jesus was in India. He was taught firstly by the Hindu scholars and then the uh, Buddhist scholars. Now, we need to get those documents carbon dated and released. So I'm calling on the Dalai Lama to do that. And you will not believe it, Jesus didn't die on the cross. So that is... You know, most listeners are going to say, wow. I said, wow, as well. It's um, it's all in my podcast. And the truth will set us free. You know, I'm a Christian. Um, and I, from all my research, the most important thing I discovered, the truth will set us free. And Jesus in India is one of the most important parts of world peace in my view so I've got an event 9th of April uh, in uh, 2022 in New York and it's only for 10 people and it's uh, three speakers myself and then uh, Tarat Roy from Kushiniga where Buddha passed away and then Nikki Slade she's a Kirtan uh, chanter so again if you go to me, there's an event they once sold and uh, why Jesus in India is so important. If Christians can appreciate that Hindus and Buddhist scholars taught them Jesus, 
And that's why in the Bible there's only one verse or something. You know, it says Jesus gained wisdom. He gained wisdom in India. Then, if they can understand that, then it's going to bring those three religions together. But Jesus was a Jew, so there's four religions. And uh, the Muslims believe in Jesus and the and the Old and New Testament prophets, the Old, the Old Testament prophets. So um, that's uh, that is that one. But uh, that's a fascinating talk. The next one, item five, is reincarnation. So I discovered that reincarnation was taken out of the Old and New Testament. So please listen to that. Obviously, it's in Hinduism and Buddhism massively. And Islam, uh, the Quran is an amazing document. To me, the most, in, in Arabic format, the most authentic document around. Uh, because it's a direct from the Creator via Angel uh, Gabriel to Prophet Muhammad. And uh, he was illiterate and he could just write everything down. And But the problem that started, there's now 73 Muslim sects, is that Different Muslim sects have different spin on the Quran, and that's the problem. And then further to that, they've got the Hadith, H-A-D-I-T-H, which were people that, that knew him or didn't even know Prophet Muhammad that wrote about them afterwards. So everything, we should go back to the Quran. And there's one website that's got seven English translations of the Quran, and you can then see, and it's each individual. You don't need to kill, uh, um, a head of a Muslim, what they call them, um, imams. People just need to read the Quran themselves and, and use their own thoughts rather than what the 73 sects is is putting on. But um, the reason for mentioning that, it, the Quran is a highly scientific document. Amazing things. It was, it was obviously Prophet Muhammad about 600 years after Christ. The, may, the, the amount of science things they're only finding out in the last 100 years or 50 years, and there's still more to find out. And reincarnation is in the Quran. The the uh, Muslims have just not looked for it. And I go through how the whole cycle of reincarnation works, which is absolutely fascinating. And it's absolutely important to understand reincarnation because when you un understand that, everything starts making sense. You've got life lessons and, and, and so forth. Then the last topic on the universe code is human energy fields and chakras. So we literally got energy fields around us that gifted people can see. And then we've got chakra, like spinning wheels. And that's where we need to unleash dyslexic people. No one, fortunately, some scientists have now studied it and there's some information on it. Like each of the energy fields have got a certain um, frequency, blah, blah, blah. And I've got a theory about the chakras, how they connect to the spirit world, to the seven heavens. And um, I'm actually tonight having a talk on it, so by the time this gets out, it will be posted. Um, and again, a topic that's just completely not thought about, because, you know, it's seeing and believing. So in the electromagnetic spectrum, we only see less than 1%. It's like 0.0035% or something. So the rest, they call the 99% or the 95% dark matter. It's not really dark, but it's frequency that we just cannot see. And thank God for that, because otherwise we won't see anything. But we know there's radio waves. We cannot see it, but we know it, it moves memory. It's got parcel of uh, memory it moves.
And it's the same. Our mind is sitting in the third layer outside our body. I know some listeners will go, what are you saying? It's true. Our brain is a relay station. That's all our brain is. It's like a mobile phone. Our brain is like a mobile phone. The, the sound doesn't come from the mobile phone. It comes from somewhere else. So absolutely fascinating talk. So part, I'm now going to mention the last six topics as well. But just before saying that is, on your show notes you said it's about opening people's eyes, self-improvement. And it's, my call on listeners is, through the butterfly effect, just believe that you can make change in whatever you want to do. And, and if you start with a blank slate, you've got a massive advantage. On health and the universe code, I knew nothing. Lived relatively nothing. I certainly didn't study it. And that was my advantage, having a black slate. Because if you start with a blank slate, you can see things other people cannot. And especially if you're dyslexic. But being non-dyslexic, being sequential is also a gift in its own right. So then the next uh, six topics that I'll end with um, is things that I just discovered that would be important for world peace. That's my main driver. Because I believe that when major religions, the five major religions that make up 75% of humanity start relaxing by understanding, especially in the Old and New Testament, that mistakes, scholars made mistakes in the Old and New Testament, um, then main religions will relax and then we can, that will be the start of world peace. And the next six topics is part of that. So the number seven is why the moon landings never took place. So I go into five photos of why it, it couldn't have taken. Now there's another 15 reasons. Now why is that important? Because people have got karma. In reincarnation, people have got karma. So it's life lessons that you need to, that you didn't perform in this lifetime. You go to the spirit world and you have to come back to redo them because you didn't wake up your missions. and But countries have also got karma. So how can the U.S. that in my view and the spiritual's view have performed, because just, uh, I was taught at the College of Psychic Studies in London how to, to communicate with the creator by automatic writing. And countries have got karma. And how can the U.S. be the leader in the free world if it's pulled off the biggest lie as I'm proposing. And so this for world peace is really, really critical now. So that's why I introduced that topic, uh, why the moon landings never took place. Number eight, why we must stop buying Chinese and Japanese products. Um, it's Chinese products uh, because if you're a Communist Party member, you need to be atheist, and that's fine if you want to be atheist, but there's total persecution of 25%. Uh, uh, Buddhists, Christians, and Muslims in order of uh, percentage. And uh, Chinese, uh, Japanese products, because of how they treat um, sharks, they cut off shark fins, and also bluefin tunas and dolphins, but it's mainly dolphins and whales. Dolphins and whales uh, are for a particular reason that I actually mention in my 
four topics on the universe codes, um, in essence, nearly like a human. And there's particular reasons for that. If I start discussing it now, that will be 10 minutes discussion. So the Japanese have to stop doing what they're doing. They round up massive amount of dolphins and then kill them. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a travesty. Uh, so that's sort of an environmental one, but also the Chinese is a religious one as well, because China, because of yin and yang, for every negative there's a positive, China needs to start um, moving, because otherwise we cannot have world peace. Um, the next one, climate change practical steps. I'm big into the climate, um, and I give a lot of practical steps that I don't hear uh, people talk about, uh, which is fascinating. And then I go in another talk for 10 minutes on atmospheric methane. So 25% of the greenhouse gases is atmospheric methane, and that's produced by the 30 farm animals per person, and how we need to reduce that. Um, the next item 10, how to protect your child from pedophilia. Uh, unfortunately, that happened to me in the UK um, that I've, I woke up to the fact that my daughter was being groomed and I talk about that and now my kids are out of school so the first time I can really talk about that and it's really for parents to give my life story of and let them think about it and things that they can do to, to assist. Number 11 is sophisticated fraud in the UK construction industry. So uh, I found a particular procurement method and I discussed that and how it basically is an open checkbook for a construction company um, and that that needs to stop. And then my last to topic is how to go for it big. Um, it's not how to make it big. You can make it big if you go big, but it's how to go for it big. I found I ended uh, my quantifying career uh, in the building industry on two massive jobs. And the biggest jobs were the easiest jobs. They had a better fees, better staffed, less consultants than having, say, five small jobs. It's critical, critical to think big. Um, and I've got lots more in there. So if anyone wants uh, a different view on, uh, because the things I've got in there is not the standard things of how to go for a big, you have to listen to uh, my podcast that's on lightsurface.me. Well, I'll tell you, talk about challenging what you already know. That's what Dead America is about, and that's what Carl brings, people. So if you want Carl to talk on your podcast, reach out because it's fascinating what he brings up and the things he talks about. And Carl, I do thank you for being with us today on Dead America. And I do want to invite you back because I want to further discuss some more of these topics. They're great topics and I encourage you to keep pushing them. Thanks a lot, Ed. Thank you for having me on. You enjoy the day, Carl. Thank you. Thank you for listening into the podcast episode today. 
If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Also, please follow us on any of your podcast players. Or if you'd like to get a little more personal with us and really identify what we truly are about and get involved with what we are doing, make sure you go over to the Google Play Store and download our new app. We can't wait to get involved with you. And that's going to finish up this episode of the Dead America podcast. Make sure you come back next week and follow along for another great interview. I'm Ed Waters, out. Thank you.